0: i tuned in just for the crazy rant at the beginning and i didn't know whether he meant <laughs> alex jones or
1: us but oh. i guess it works both ways <laughs> hello unfriends this is scott johnson along with justin robert young encouraging you to support your favorite content creators like us we make this little show right here called unfriend me and you can support it at patreon.com slash unfriend me today
0: all immigration is legal borders are a false construct invented by racists!
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah? Well, why don't you just open up your house to a bunch of freeloaders and let me know how that goes for you? Oh,
2: yeah? Well, if you think illegal immigration (laughs) is a thing, then
1: Man, we, that one got weird there in the middle of it. That got real weird. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome back to Unfriend Me. It is Unfriend Me, uh, the episode about illegal immigration. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young, and we're here to fix your your immigration problem. Justin, are you excited? I don't know if we're going to fix it. We're certainly going to hear about it. A mm. lot.
0: That's, that's definitely going to happen.
1: I'm excited because I feel like I'm going to understand it better because I am no expert on the current state or the history of... Of immigration, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, I walk away a better, a better man, understanding what immigration is and why I should or shouldn't be for it. Well, I mean, I think that. Well, we're gonna get into it
0: before yeah. we do, though. Well, let's go ahead and get some emails out of the way from our episode last week. It was about spoilers. Thomas wrote, "No one likes a thirteen-year-old troll, uh, whether literal or at heart." And I can't say I'm surprised at the type of person who would spoil Harry Potter the day of release is also the kind of person not to pay an 80 grand bill. (laughs) I find the amount that I care about spoilers is directly proportional to the length and price of the media in question. Movies and TV episodes I am relatively indifferent about, but I am so glad I got to experience Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite spoiler-free. I also have a bad habit of spoiling reveals for myself because I go, hey, I recognize that actor, and then I pull up IMDb, only to discover that they have a secret identity. Then I spend the rest of my time annoyed at myself because I couldn't wait to find out that that actor was in five episodes of Stargate or some shit.
1: <laughs> uh, by the way, I would like to just point out, I think the perfect anatomy of an email we like on the show. Well done, Tom. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Well done. Tom, St- good, good job. Yeah. More of those, please. Stephanie wrote in says, so I know firsthand that my fiance and I are not fans of spoilers at all. To prove this, we have stopped watching trailers, teasers, spoilers to all things we have an interest in seeing, and we've been doing so since the first Avengers movie in 2012. Since then, our movie-going and show-watching experiences have become much more exciting, and we will never go back. Screw the statistics. Prove it you can't. It's clearly a person-by-person case. Tide goes in, tide goes out. Mm. Can't explain that. Can't explain that. Mm -hmm. Prove it. You can't. You can't. Uh, Yeah, look, I,
0: I did think a little bit more about this, uh, over the last week that I, I think that there is a difference between folks for whom have a limited budget of their time that it's like, all right, look, I know I'm going to go see the Marvel Marvel movies. I know I'm going to go see the Lord of the Rings. I know I'm going to go see a movie that everybody is talking about. Uh, whereas some folks are are a little bit more like that decision happens earlier. That decision right. happens with the casting. That decision happens with the trailers. It happens with the posters. And as somebody who grew up loving, I mean, really, my first introduction to the internet was in film and movie communities. I'm never going to be able to give up all that granular news stuff. Like, i am it's just, it's part of what movies are to me at this point.
1: Right. I agree. I think they're, uh, my wife's an example of this. She's happy to go months and months and months and not even know a new Marvel movie even exists because she would rather have, the whole thing just like a gift. It's like Christmas Day when she gets to go see it because she loves them. But she doesn't love them the way I love them. It doesn't mean her love is any less. It's just different. Her love means stay away from it until it's time. My love means scoop up every little detail I can until I almost can't stand the fact that I still have to see the movie and it's not out yet. So different approach, I suppose.
0: Stuart wrote, I avoid spoilers to Jeff Kanata levels, but I don't have a problem listening to a spoiler podcast before seeing a movie. For me, it's all about seeing the visuals. Maybe I feel like I've already seen the movie after seeing the trailer. Maybe I recall story beats better visually. I don't really know. I choose movies on word of mouth and the people involved. I saw Sorry to Bother You based solely
1: on Lakeith Stanfield and Jury. Mm, That'll happen, right? Sometimes you have no interest in a thing and somebody else's uh, willingness to blab about it is the reason you go. I get that. Scott says, this is not me, some other Scott, says, I don't care about minor spoilers such as general plot points, which characters are in, etc. It's the big twist or surprises that I don't want to hear about. If I'm going to be surprised, I'd rather be in the moment of the story and not in a random social media app. My biggest spoiled experience was the TV show Dexter. Before I had a chance to watch one of the season finales, I saw a post that said, I can't believe they killed so-and-so. Uh, I spent the entire episode preoccupied trying to figure out when it was going to happen. Let's talk about the trailers. It's not just that I'm being spoiled, but sometimes I feel like I'm being taken out of, uh, taken out of the story when I see a scene that was in the trailer. This happens to me too. I actually don't like that either. And I have a good example of who does this good, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, he it says it's, it's as if the guy, uh, being me is yelling, Hey, this is the part I saw on the commercial. If it's a big movie I care about, I will usually watch the teaser and maybe the first trailer, then usually avoid future trailers and TV spots for this very reason. Okay, who does this well, and they do it because they have an excuse and they have the technology to do it, is Pixar. Uh, Pixar Disney, specifically with the trailers leading up to The Incredibles, used actual um, movement animation stuff from the film, but completely out of scene and context. So there's a scene where the baby shoots a laser over his head and burns his, singes his hair. That happens out in the yard, but they leave out the singed hair bit in the actual movie. It's not even in the same place, and they're also reversed. They're flipped in different positions. There's another one where the baby's walking kind of haphazardly and lasers are shooting out of its eyes and tearing stuff up. In the trailer, it's in this big blank room as it walks toward the logo and creates a two where there used to be an Incredibles 1 on the eye. And in the movie... Exact same sequence, but he's out in the backyard tearing the backyard up. I yeah. like that because it doesn't take me out. It makes me go, oh, that's creative, what they did there with their trailer. So they have that option. Live action doesn't always have that option. Sometimes they may have cut footage. They didn't use in the movie and they can do, get away with that stuff. But usually people are annoyed by that. You know, this wasn't in the movie. Yeah, I'm annoyed. But, but, you know, I would say they use this as an
0: example. The Thor Ragnarok scene where the the hulk comes out and uh thor instead of being terrified exclaims in joy like oh like that's great like he's a friend from work like i know him he's a friend from work right that's it was probably the signature moment of the trailer right right it immediately i think set the tone for how well that movie did financially how many people went to go see it because i don't think in general. After Thor The Dark World, which I thought was fine, but it's probably at the lower end of how good Marvel movies could be, I was so excited for a third Thor movie. But right. as soon as I see that scene, I'm like, oh, okay. They're, they're rebranding this a little bit. This is more like Guardians and less like uh, uh, Iron Man. Uh, I'm, I'm way into all of, of, of the elements here. So it's like, yes, it cracked off a little piece that would have been a magical movie moment. If I had seen it live in the theater for the first time, but it also got me into the theater on night one and very excited for the film. right.
1: That's a great example. Maybe the perfect example of it sort of seeing, seeming like it's at cross purposes on the one hand it said, Oh, that's the kind of movie this is going to be awesome. And at the same time it was like, this should be a pivotal moment in the movie. And I've already seen the scene and it takes me out a little bit. I don't know. Yeah,
0: but it happens early. I mean, and 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 there's certainly plenty of other stuff. I think they even like understated some of the Jeff Goldblum humor that that you kind of had unfurled for the first time in the movie. So yeah. I think there is an art to it, and and also it's like, look, if if they had made a trailer for Ragnarok that looked a lot like the Thor: The Dark World, then you walked in and it's like this wackety schmackety <laughs> comedy that starts with. Thor saying, like, yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got here. Uh, then you're like, whoa, what the hell is this? Like, why did they take this, this austere, uh, uh, you know, uh, action franchise and make it into a mockery?
1: Yeah, you're right. I think uh, there is an art to it. And uh, thank you for all your feedback, everybody. Lots of people with lots of opinions. The, uh, people sent those emails to unfriendmyshow at gmail.com. You're encouraged to do that at the end of this episode after we've talked about illegal immigration. Oh, and keep those emails short because Justin will literally, doesn't just threaten it, he'll literally go and change the entire yeah. meaning of your email if it's too long. I'm, I'm going to include, uh, in
0: fact, I'm going to step up my threats, although you guys have been getting better, but just to make sure uh, everybody keeps it tight, if you write emails that are too long, I'm just going to slip something racist in there and everyone's going to think you're racist. <laughs> And we'll
1: say your name. Whatever you put your name on yeah. that email, we'll and say And I'm going to say
0: your first and last name. Yeah. And I'm going to
1: I'm gonna try to look up other stuff about you, too, and just, like, <laughs> you know, add that. Right. It's like, yeah. as a
0: homeowner in Michigan. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get into illegal immigration. Oh, at gmail.com mm-hmm. is where you send in your emails. And also, by the way, go ahead and enter this number into your phone, 801-471-0462. Again, that is 0462, go ahead and give us a call once we get through some of our recap here on the topic at hand which is illegal immigration sounds good Uh, here we go, the definition illegal immigration is the illegal entry of a person or a group of persons across a country's border in a way that violates immigration laws of the destination country with the intention to remain in that country as well as people who remain living in another country when they do not have the legal right to do so For uh, everybody's information, we are going to be talking about America's immigration laws here. I know I'm sure there's been illegal immigration laws from Mesopotamia forward, and everybody's got different ways to do it, but I'm sorry. This is an American podcast. We can never see past our own navel, and this is what is going to happen. (laughs) The first federal immigration law in America is, uh, although some states like California passed local immigration laws during the 1800s. The first uh, was the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. At the time, Chinese people worked in gold mines, factories, railroads, agriculture, and uh, specifically on the West Coast. Although these immigrants made up only uh, .002% of the U.S. population to placate, uh, uh, sorry, white Americans blamed them for low wages and economic problems. To placate economic and racial anxieties, the Radical Exclusion Act banned almost all immigration from China, making only a few exceptions for special groups like students and diplomats. In addition, the Immigration Act passed the same year banned people who were poor, mentally ill, or convicted of crimes from entering the country.
1: Mm, So a long history with with immigration in this country. By the way, I think that uh, we'll probably get some feedback about this, but... There's a, quite the fervor in, in um, parts of Europe right now about immigration, specifically about the immigration, the mass immigration of those who perhaps are fleeing their countries for various reasons—political reasons, war reasons, whatever. Um, so this might actually be as hot a time for this topic as any outside the U.S. as it ever has as it ever has been, or it has been a long time anyway. You know, I kind of wonder about that because
0: I kind of feel like every issue is more of a thing than it has ever been in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm almost kind of positive that that's also because we now have an instantaneous, verifiable communication system by which we can talk about it. So it's like, no doubt is it more now, but certainly we are not at the beginning of displacement and wars and famine and 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 everything that drives mass migration right yeah
1: we might actually be at the we might actually be at the best point of it because that in in historical sense that stuff often meant mass killings horrible disease spreading and outbreaks not that it can't today but it's a lot harder for that stuff to happen today in the kind of massive ways that it used to so i agree with you and i also really like your you always remember to do this. Sometimes I forget. But always look at stuff through the lens of how are we seeing it today? How yeah. do we get our information today versus how w- would we get it before? Our brains just aren't good at this kind of perception because we're only perceiving what we're perceiving. And if all we yeah. ever had, especially people who grew up with the Internet, if it just was shoveled to you constantly and it was always at your fingertips, then you really have nothing to compare that to. And we still don't know what that means for the sort of the culture and the psyche and the whatever in the long run. But in the short term, I just I think that's good to always remember, look at this through the lens of we are now connected in a way that was impossible 100 years ago, less than that even, and so impossible that we wouldn't even I wouldn't know that Germany was struggling with their own version of uh, immigration or whatever. Yeah, it would just be, be,
0: hey, everyone in our town is leaving, right? Uh, We should probably leave
1: that's it that's like that totally would, that
0: would be it. pretty much it wouldn't be like you're not running to uh, instagram and saying like hey hey fam uh, uh uh it turns out the fam i'm dealing with is famine nobody can grow crops so we're all leaving remember yeah. to smash that subscribe button
1: <laughs> yeah it's a different time we live in
0: uh, anyway. all right so uh, but the one thing i did want to bring up with the Chinese exclusion act being the first federal law uh the i Race and immigration, in this country at least, have always been intertangled. Uh, and whether or not we want to take it to exactly the political point we want to make in 2018, it is important to remember that. Uh, that be it just our rudimentary understanding of, of what a nation is, what, what a nationality is versus a race, right? I think these are very modern ideas and we are better for having under for for having a, a, an understanding that just because somebody is from somewhere, thanks to transcontinental travel, we now can think of you know there's there can be white people that were born and lived all their lives in China, and there can be Chinese people that were born and lived all their lives in America. Right, and and so you mix and match any and all those combinations, and yet there is this history that is important to remember when we go
1: forward. Right, and I also want to just stave off any. Angry comments toward me regarding what I just said because it just occurred to me that I should clarify this. I realize that we are also at a time where our government uh, appears to have placed, uh, to not only split up potential immigrants, but put their children in cages and drug them uh, and move their parents somewhere else. And some of them aren't reunited yet. I am not trying to imply that it's just sunny and roses and the best time ever for immigration. Not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there have been worse. And that's well, all.
0: Well no, I'm just saying that we we
1: we understand immigration now on a, on a
0: moment by moment basis in a way that we never did before.
1: Exactly. Like we, we just know it. We right. understand it. Right. For all I know this has always been happening, but there was there's never been a time like now to know it.
0: All right, no. if I tell you immigration quotas,
1: Scott, yeah. what, what, is, what, what comes to your mind immediately? Uh, quotas like, uh, sorry, we can only take uh, 12 uh, angry Irishmen this year. <laughs> and that's it. That's our quota for the year. After that, they're going to have to wait till next year. Well,
0: the Immigration Act of 1924, the Johnson Reed Act, included the National Origins Act. Uh, and the Asian Exclusion Act, it was the United States federal law that set quotas on the number of immigrants from certain countries while providing funding and an enforcement mechanism to carry out the long-standing ban on other non-white immigrants. The law was primarily aimed at the further decreasing em- immigration of Southern Europeans, specifically Italians, and countries with Roman Catholic majorities, Eastern European, uh, Eastern Europeans, Arabs, and Jews. The law uh, affirm basically everything that everybody thinks I am when they look at
1: me. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, these are all your backgrounds, right? Every one of yeah. these. Yeah.
0: Every one of them. <laughs> uh, the law affirmed that the longstanding ban on immigration with other non-white persons and the uh, exception of black African immigrants uh, who had long been exempt from the ban. Thus, virtually all Asians were forbidden from immigrating to America under the Act. Subsequent court rulings would determine that Indians were not white and could not immigrate. Contrary to popular belief, Latin Americans were not prohibited or limited from their immigration under this law.
1: Oh, how things have changed. Man. Uh, So here are the results of that.
0: From 1901 to 1914, 2.9 million Italians immigrated, uh, an average of 210,000 per year under the 1924 quota. 4,000 per year were allowed since uh, the 19 or sorry, the 1890 quota counted only 200,000 Italians in the U.S. By contrast, the annual quota for Germany after the passage of the act was over se- 57,000 since German born residents in 1890 numbered two million eight hundred and fifty, So basically they base the quotas based on how many of each were already in America. Right. Some 86%. Of the 155,000 permitted to enter under the act were from Northern European countries with Great Britain and Ireland having the highest quotas. The new quotas for immigration from Southern and Eastern Europe and the bar on Asia-Pacific Triangle were so restrictive that in 1924, more Italians, Czechs, Yugoslavs, Greeks, Lithuanians, Hungarians, Portuguese, Romanians, Spaniards, Polish, Russians, Jews, Chinese, and Japanese left the United States, then arrived as immigrants. Whoa. <laughs> things got real tight real quick in the early 20th century
1: didn't realize how much um i mean i don't know why i should be surprised by this especially given the time or the era but i didn't know it was so race based you know i just assumed actually the assu- well, let me th- tell you what the assumption nationality. is this okay. was
0: nationality based but uh, certainly the the nations that were listed in there had a lot in common
1: <laughs> right exactly but, but- <laughs> What- I guess what I had always been taught and what I paid attention to in school, which again don't count you know that for too much, but it seems like what I was always being told was this was a time of great immigration and growth and diversity, and people came from all over the world and brought with them their cultures and customs and built the great nation that we know today uh I did not know there were theres there was this much much restriction and that there was this much. To the point that people left in a greater numbers than came. That is absolutely not in the talking points of any history teacher I ever had.
0: Well, I, I think the idea of America as the melting pot is something that is more modern than we think. Mm. You know, yeah. uh, it, it, it is. We are a young country uh, and, and we are still forming even now exactly what we are and what our legacy will be. Mm hmm. Uh, So, all right, here we go. This is uh, when those quotas were repealed. The Immigration and Nationality Act of 1965 repealed the quotas and introduced the family qualifier. So this is basically where we are at right now. There have been changes since here, obviously, and there have been uh, uh, amnesties and and stuff like that. But this is where the framework, the basic framework that we deal with today comes from. uh, This was a uh, Lyndon Baines-Johnson Production, uh, uh, building on a campaign premise uh, by President JFK, John F. Kennedy, in 1960, with a strong push by President Johnson amid the enactment of other major civil rights legislation, legislation, the 1965 law abolished the national origins quota system. It was replaced with a preference system based on immigrants' families' relationship with a U.S. citizen or legal permanent resident and, to a lesser degree, their skills. Mm. So... Where we are right now, the arguments that we are having right now are effectively about that. The idea that you can bring, you know, if, if you have a baby in America, whether or not you are an American citizen, that baby is now an American citizen. The idea that you have chain migration. So if you have a family member uh, in America, you can have preference to become an American citizen, and that means that all your family now has preference to become an American citizen. This is not to say before we get any emails that it is easy to become an American citizen. It is indeed very expensive, very time-consuming, and very, very, very challenging. Having known people that are rich that try to do it, there isn't exactly some slip-and-slide, super-fast way to roll on into America and become a citizen, unless you are born here. Right. That is the fastest way to do it.
1: Right. I have th- So I have three siblings, Korean siblings, all adopted at various ages, different times. They all had to do the legal path to nat- uh, naturalization or full, you know, citizenship here in the United States. And uh, at the time, I was pretty young and didn't, you know, had other things on my mind. But I remember it being a huge ordeal, like a giant pain for all three of them. I've got photos... Of the actual events, where they're at the courthouse downtown, getting this all done, making it all official, and all the adults in my life are all in tears. My mom, my dad, my aunts, my uncles, everybody's just crying all the time. Never could understand that when I'd look at these photos growing up. I think I understand it now. Like that was all hard fought, really hard to do stuff. Yeah, and they got it, and they did it. The you know they did it all the legal ways, and and they've been they've all you know they got here at two months old for one sister, a year old for another. And then my brother got here and he was nine. So it's a lot of, you know, sort of diverse. How long have you been here sort of stuff? And yet here they all are fully fledged American citizens. And so, I don't know, having seen that and, and knowing what I know today, I think I didn't have the proper appreciation for it when I was a kid.
0: All right, let's get some quick modern facts about illegal immigration, and then we will open the calls. Uh, there are 11 million illegal immigrants in the United States as of 2015, according to Pew Research. They also mentioned that Mexico may not be the largest nationality or Mexican may not be the largest nationality of illegal immigrants. That there are uh, many from India and other uh, South American countries that that might uh, also challenge it. Uh, And that California, Texas, Florida, New York, New Jersey and Illinois have 59 percent of all illegal immigrants.
1: The Illinois part threw me a little bit, but I guess. I don't know why the other oh, big city, big I city. guess it's big cities. Yes. But I also I, when I think of most of these, I think coastal, which is true of everything except Illinois. Um, and so that probably is part of it. So big cities, coastal helps is my thinking. And by coastal, I mean, I don't know. That's where the big cities are. It's where all the potential jobs might be. That's where you might've even gotten in, uh, you know, Well, if-
0: but, even, but, but look at it like this, right? So, Let's include New York and New Jersey as one metro area, right? Yeah. That is, you know, New York City is eight million people. It's the largest city in America. Right. L. A. is next. That's California. Uh, uh, Chicago is next. That's Illinois. And Houston, after that, which is right next to the border, uh, is 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 right after that. So, and then Florida is
1: Florida. And uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't got a <laughs> do you know, f- little pause in. Well, how do you feel about the differentiation between the terms illegal immigrant and undocumented immigrant? Is it just I mincing I, words? I,
0: I don't. I don't. I know that it, it is a sensitive thing for some people. Uh, and and like people can't be illegal is, is the argument there? It, it's a nomenclature that we use. You know, twenty. You know, ten years from now, maybe I'll apologize for ever saying it. But look, there there are laws to do it. I personally, I'll get my personal belief out here. I think that American citizenship has a supply and demand problem. And we need to have a better system by which people can immigrate into this country. I think that whether or not we want to tie that to having X amount of money to come do it, and it might be a weird, distasteful thing to say, all right, you need a quarter million dollars to to uh, have a timely, uh, uh, you know, a citizenship, then at least we would be Setting some kind of unbreakable way to do it. Mm. You know, we would say, no, this, these are the things you need. As it is now, man, it, it's it's so wishy washy and there's no real time stamp on, on exactly how to do it. And I think that that's what causes a lot of illegal immigration. Mm. I also think that we need to be looking at different ways that we can classify people as migrating guest workers because a lot of quote unquote undocumented people here in 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 America are migrant workers they come up for x amount of time they go back to their place their their family in mexico right like this is this is a, a, a noted way that people uh, uh that people operate the problem is is that a lot of those jobs are in agriculture a lot of people uh, you know complain that that sort of stuff drives down uh wages but it also keeps the economy humming so these are complicated problems. Anybody who thinks that this is easy is kidding themselves, in yeah. my
1: opinion. Yeah, I get that. Uh,
0: but I do think that it's broken. I, I, I think that this is this is a broken system.
1: Yeah, I think I tend to agree. Let's find out if our brand new, very first caller agrees with you or not. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this?
3: Hi, my name's Mark. I'm a geochrist in the chat. How you doing? Hi, okay. I'm a Filipino, uh, fourth generation who came into the state. And for me you know, all those paperwork uh, chain migration with uh, family members and stuff. So let's just say my great grandfather came here my grandfather and my dad and myself. And I just had a daughter who was born here in the US. So for people with uh, being illegal or undocumented is that, you know, how hard is it for those paperwork that you have to apply for and you're in line, you have to hire a lawyer and all those stuff. It just seems that it's hard for, those who come from another country and seeing people come here illegally, like, hey, why are you cutting in line while well, we work our butts off just to come here legally, and then sneaking in and like, it's kind of unfair for those who's doing it legally. So that's mostly I'm saying right. what's going on with all this stuff.
1: Right. Well, he's got he's got a kind of a hard phone connection type, uh, but I I think I I take his meaning. Uh, too much work to get it done, Justin too too hard to to do it if you are i mean you come over here and you got the shirt on your back and a and a a baggie full of your worldly possessions how on earth are you expected to um like what systems
0: he's also saying no no no. if if people did it legally
1: yeah
0: i mean this is where people you know there tends to be this myopic politically driven kind of idea that everybody who's for you know, tightening the borders or or cracking down on illegal immigrants are just angry white guys. Yeah, and not yeah. to say that angry white guys, you know, the, 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 this is not indeed the picnic for which these teddy bears dance and sing. But like, <laughs> there is also a contingent of of many legal immigrants who say, "No, wait, why? Why do?" All you guys who d- didn't do what I did, who didn't play by the rules, who didn't like you feel oh, like a yeah. sucker. You feel like an idiot. Yeah. Like I went through all this. I put my family through all this. Uh, and now all of a sudden these politicians are pushing for uh, us to flip a light switch and everybody who touched base uh, now gets to be a citizen. No, screw that. Go do the same thing I did. Like or else like why did I do it? I should have just rolled in here and and waited until somebody uh, uh declared I'm I'm a citizen.
1: No, that's a good point. That's true of uh, a lot of things in life—not just immigration, even basic things like cutting in line at a grocery store <laughs> or whatever. Like, I totally, I can totally see where he's coming from. I, I, couldn't quite hear him, so it was hard for me to get his meaning. Uh, we got another caller here. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this?
4: Hey, this is Jamie.
1: Hello, Jamie. How are you?
4: Hi, Jamie. Doing all right. Hey. Um. So, like the caller before, I am fourth generation. Asian-American. My great-grandfather came into the country illegally Mm. back in the, I think it was the late 20s. Um, He couldn't pass the physical to get into the country to be a migrant worker in sugarcane fields in Hawaii. So he came in under his cousin's visa who wasn't going to use it. And we like our family didn't know he was illegal for decades like i think they didn't find out he was an illegal alien technically until the 60s when they were trying to go back to japan to visit family Mm. (laughs) so funny funny family lore on my side of the family but uh it rendered his marriage and all legal documentation void so he had six kids and like 20 plus grandkids,
1: technically out of wedlock. Whoa. That's at crazy. That point.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So they had to get remarried. Man, a, it was a big like, a family slut. scandal. Yeah, what,
1: and all what, that stuff. <laughs> really got around. So hold on. So what does that mean <laughs> but, for, for you? Does that mean anything legally for you? I'm curious. Just one. Oh no, no, no. Okay. I was
4: born in Missouri. We're good. We're good.
1: All right. All right. But, Cause, um, Cause you hear it like, like I don't, I, not, not to give too much uh, airtime <laughs> to weird conspiracies, but one of the things you hear a lot out there now is like, ah this uh english teacher of 28 years 65 year old man uh being sent home to mexico after finding out that his father was illegal or whatever and 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 you're saying your family outside of his direct problems that he had from this it didn't really affect the rest of you
4: well it was after that law went into place so all of his family like foreign u.s citizens and everything were in the united states and that's how he got to stay i mean he was in his 80s at that point so i mean he was old it wasn't like they were gonna benefit from deporting him but um i want to like bring up an argument um my mom keeps arguing that like the whole ice thing and she's like well they're criminals And i was like mom she <laughs> was like your grandpa was a criminal i don't know how you can argue about this well
2: so
1: this is that's interesting we should talk about that justin Thanks well i for-
0: mean look there's there's no argument that they uh, if somebody is here that they are, the question is the how much we agree with the law like the, the law is not morality. And, and I, I think that we the more everybody's got a law they disagree with. Many, many, many folks have laws that they openly disregard and, and they and they live their life by saying, you want to know what? This is stupid that this is a law. I'm going to do it either privately in my own home or or, or according to however they want to live their lives. And they say, uh, fine. Many, many, many of us disregard laws that we don't know about. And we just uh, break laws. So many, many, many people are criminals. I think that's a larger conversation that we have to have about having so many laws and regulations that we can't understand all of them. But this is a a, a big thing, right? That, that sure, I don't have a problem saying that somebody who has immigrated here illegally or overstepped their visa is a criminal. Yeah. The question is whether or not they are you know bad whether morally we have a a problem with them or how we want to solve this problem and in general i mean i've probably known a fair amount of people who either you know certainly have overstayed their visas you you want to know who who, the most common illegal immigrant i ran into when i lived in new york
1: uh brian brushwood oh no who
0: (laughs) no english
1: people oh really
0: <laughs> oh yeah they would all the role i had a girl that was used to work at a coffee shop that i used to go to all the time in hoboken that like offered to get sham married to me because she was illegal <laughs> really that's, yeah that's kind of awesome I, I got propositioned i got propositioned by a girl that was like uh like hey like we were just at a bar drinking and she's like hey by the way like if you ever want to like fake marry me like <laughs>
1: Well, you know they have a cool accent and they're and they're attractive, so we don't mind them. They're fine.
0: It was not. It was not not a bad not a bad proposition. Yeah, I get it.
1: Hi, it's you're not on. One, not one that <laughs> you're on the air. Who's this?
0: Hi,
5: I'm Ian Levenstein, and I'm very Jewish.
1: Oh my gosh, you are Ian. You're always and you and you love sci-fi, so you're okay. You can stay. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? Good. How are you?
5: Good, good, good. Uh, so, all right. Uh, my 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 main uh, uh, gripe with this you know, crackdown on illegal immigration goes to the fact of that there are so many crops quite literally dying on the vines right now because we have an idea in this country that the jobs that are remedial, like the jobs that are on the lowest on the totem pole are ones that we don't want to do as legal immigrants. Yeah. So we got used to illegal immigrants Doing those jobs for us, mm-hmm. and the idea that illegal immigrants are taking away our jobs, when in reality they were doing the jobs we didn't want to do in a lot of that, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and now prices of farm uh, you know farm goods are skyrocketing. They're going up and up and up because there's nobody to quite literally pick them off the vines anymore.
1: Mm. And it, that's a problem. Uh can be, sure. I didn't realize that was uh part of the current context, Justin. Were you were you aware that there were vast uh, amounts of I do of,
0: not know. So I don't uh, want to call uh uh Ian uh you know, I, I I can't I can't say whether or not, you know, where where our agricultural prices are right now. I I think that there's a lot that kind of does go into it. However, I will say that no matter what there's no argument that we have built a business model on illegal immigration and that is part of even the hardliner argument is that we need to stop that like we need to understand that if the prices are going to be low then they should be low legally and not based on exploiting a loophole in our legal framework
1: right yeah i think that makes sense i mean also i've always i've never been very comfortable with the whole they're doing jobs none of us want thing because it makes me feel guilty and so it's not because I don't agree with it; it's probably true. Um, I mean, I don't want to go out and pick uh, oranges in the hot sun all day, as an example. Um, that might be one of these jobs you're referring to. I just it always makes me feel like eh, I'm too I'm too good for that job. Let the let the plebeian over the border have it. Like I've never liked that. It's just always kind of rubbed me wrong. It's got nothing to do with immigration. It just kind of I mean, yet we me. are just dilettants who talk on the internet, I know, I know, and sometimes that makes me feel we're wearing, bad we're soft we're soft little baby
6: <laughs> this is true.
1: hi, you're on the air. who's this?
6: This is justin's favorite person, Evan the attorney it's
1: Evan the attorney justin Evan. there what's we go up? i'm ready for you what's up, buddy
6: so Scott, you actually made a, a good point when you were talking about the jobs and how you felt guilty about them because really you know, one of the principal drivers of illegal immigration has been uh, basically low-wage income and the fact that, you know, for some reason, (laughs) we can't get a bipartisan solution to get, for example, E-Verify mandatory for every job, uh, which I don't think anyone opposes. Mm. Um, But what's really happened is corporations have learned to hack capitalism and determined that as long as we got a steady supply of low wage illegal workers, we don't have to raise our um, wages.
1: Right. And if they don't do it here. uh, And if they don't do it here, because they take it somewhere else, they go to India or whatever.
6: Yeah, they'll take it somewhere else. And, you know, I um, spent every summer of my youth on a farm. And back when I was a kid, even in the seventies, at least in the South, it was probably different out West where they have bigger farms but the farms were all ran by extended families. And basically you and your cousins went out in the uh, late summer and picked the crops. Yeah. Um, and what happened was the kids grew up and said, God, I don't want to do this anymore.
2: Yeah.
6: You know, I don't want my kids to do it. And suddenly, you know, you have a generation running the farm where you used to have 15 or 20 people running the farm. You've got three or four and they need, you know, basically, cheap to free labor. Hmm. And so, once again, it drives uh, a demand for illegal immigration.
1: Well, it's an ah. argument for robots then, isn't it?
6: <laughs> it is an argument for robots, but it's also an argument for us to look at our immigration system. Uh, my wife, uh, like your siblings, is a Korean adoptee, went through the immigration process ha- as a teenager, hated it, <laughs> Yeah, it <laughs> complains sucks. about it constantly. Yeah. And we, what we need to do is make immigration legal immigration easier we need to prevent companies from making money off backs of to illegal immigrants and we've got to remember this isn't a new problem you know justin went through uh, the list of the history uh, i my favorite quote is from uh, benjamin franklin who was uh, on immigration afraid that the germans were going to take over the country
1: <laughs> <laughs> sweet well they tried uh, goes, they tried a couple of times but uh, didn't, didn't work out real well for him um, what's your take, Justin? Do you have uh, thoughts on Evan's uh, take? Or- yeah,
0: I mean, I I think that I actually uh, 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 agree with Evan. I, I, do, I do think that there is, there are kind of two problems here, although I do want to divorce it a little bit from outsourcing because I think that that is a slightly different uh, uh, issue in terms of although the, the principal problem is the same uh, where you're trying – you are always – all markets will find inefficiencies.? Right. You are rewarded for finding inefficiencies in a system. Right. If you can figure out that uh, you can print more stickers on a sheet than somebody else, then you'll be rewarded by being able to offer it at a lower price. So if we have an immigration problem that we have a cowardly government that will not uh, fix because it it, you know, to be honest, is a political football, a very effective political football for them that they would rather throw. Uh, a back and forth between each other than actually do anything that fixes it which is another thing that bothers me uh, uh politically is that this is a get out to the polls issue yeah and so you can't really fix it like many of the main things that we have that we wind up talking about for decades and decades and decades it is incentivized on both sides to not fix it right because yeah. that way they can keep bitching about it and they can keep getting people out to vote yeah but because a politician's only real job is getting somebody out to a booth to hit their button on a specific day. I'm glad you said so, that
1: cuz I've always felt that way about immigration and I feel that way about abortion and I feel that way about a few other issues. It feels like they those go away. That's a tool they don't have in their arsenal on either side pro or against. And then yeah. what are they going to do? They got to find another one. They got to dig another one up. That's that, that's worse than what Evan was describing as corporations taking advantage of free to cheap labor to You know, and and, and benefiting from that, despite the fact that they on the surface act like, you know, well, we're you know, we're we're giving money to candidates who are opposed to illegal immigration. Yet we benefit from them. This seems worse than that to me, because if it's just a political football, what are we even doing? Like, why are we letting them do that? It sucks because we've never really
0: gotten to the heart of the problem, which is, again, America kind of rules. And so many people want to come here. And we are, we have our branding has been, no matter how bad it sucks where you are, the grass is greener here in America, right? And and that's not to say that we don't have, we don't have problems, and it's not that every immigrant that comes here it ain't you know uh, sunshine and rainbows, uh. But there's you know the, it, it's it we're, we're we're a hit song for a reason, you know. <laughs> People want to be here yeah uh you know. and we have never really dealt with that nor have we really dealt with the idea again that there are migrant workers there are people that want to come here and they want to work during the summers they want to literally uh make hay while the sun is high and and that's it and then they want to go back and that's you know we we don't we have despite the fact that we have programs for that i don't think that we have it in in, in as easy a way as it could be. I think that we have made our own problem for this, and I don't think that anybody in government really wants to fix
1: it. Chat room uh, has some ideas. M Bean, well, he's describing a situation where he lives. He says, I've got 5 million hydroponic greenhouses. I'm not sure if that means that greenhouses number in the 5 million or something. But anyway, in my hometown here in Ohio, they export, or sorry, import Mexicans from Canada, give them free housing until the crops are done, and then ship them back. I'd never heard of that exchange going north. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why that's so weird to me, but getting a bunch of uh, foreign temporary help from Canada in the, in the form of Mexican nationals and then shipping them back to Canada. I don't know. What's yeah. something, something about that. I mean, really there weird.
0: are, there are elements here that I am I'm going to be different than other people in that. Like there, there is an argument here and, and this is a current argument as well, that it is culture that also changes. Uh, that if, uh, if people come in from other places, that you are going to irreparably change the culture of your area, right? Uh, uh, and that is something that, like, if if we if let's let's operate under the assumption that indeed America rules, uh, that America will rule less if the values of another country or another religion or another whatever come in and and dilute the pool, as it were. Right. I've never really caught in with our, that argument because growing up. In South Florida, it's like, there were all sorts of stuff. And people came from all, I mean, like, places where things were not going well, like Cuba and people, places where things were going uh, okay. And really, at the end of the day, the most annoying people there were the New Yorkers. So it's like, <laughs> uh, it's it's fine. You know, there's going to be a taco truck on every corner. That's pretty cool. Like I, I, I Now, that's not to say that there's not uh, an American spirit that I think people can benefit from when they get here coming from other places. But I think we should be focusing on that and less what people are bringing in.
1: Right. There's, a, it's an, there's an interesting, spe- so you were talking about Florida and its, it, its own little unique makeup. Is an interesting phenomenon, Utah, that I've always kind of wondered at? And that's the immigration and uh, overall population numbers of the Tongan and Samoan communities that are here. Um yeah. bigger than anywhere else in the States. Uh or on in the lower forty eight, I should say. And um people always wonder why. Well, there's this big cultural connection. There is a lot of lot of very early missionary work happened for the Mormon church in the islands, and Hawaii has also got big ties uh to the church back then. And there's a lot of there was a lot of immigration to uh Utah in and around Salt Lake City, and it's seen here as this awesome thing like nobody looks at it and goes bah, these Tongans are here to take guard yeah, and like it's not like that at all it's the opposite of that everybody really likes and man do they have some of the best football players in any of the high schools <laughs> like oh, like, yeah. like across the board it's 100% oh a okay for everybody that I'm aware of and sometimes it's that Injection into a society that is probably, you know, here where I live, it's predominantly white. We certainly have our areas of of mixed culture, but it's mostly in the city. But here's an example of that just being injected into the society because of all these disparate reasons. All of it, to my point is, you said earlier, it's a really complicated issue and people make it sound quite a bit like it's not one. It is the most obviously complicated issue that maybe we face as a nation. Because there is truly an individual story to be told for everybody coming over any border, any time, with any reason to be here. Some are want you know coming here to make a quick buck and leave. Some uh, really, truly believe in the American dream and would like to come here and live it. Uh, others are just here because they're desperate and they're being chased out of their own countries because of war or whatever. Like There's so many little, small, individual stories, like uh, our caller who's grandpa in the 20s, <laughs> And came in with a fake visa who knows what his individual story is and that's the problem every one of them has to be treated like individuals you cannot blanket this and so when policies come along like ice or whatever where it is a blanket solution of just straight enforcement you're out of here that oh,
0: i mean look, this is all right here we're gonna get i'm gonna get emails for this well it's all right I it's
1: what we're do, it's what we do it's fine I, I do i do
0: think that the ice conversation is something that has been totally hijacked politically uh, and that now you are either fully for I mean, really, it is just the cross mutation of, I think, very legitimate conversations about police brutality and very legitimate conversations about immigration that now turns into this this hodgepodge of like, are there a whole ice officers? Yes. Is the concept of immigration enforcement inherently evil? No. Like, there, there is, ICE is not, uh, you can say that ICE is operated incorrectly and maybe even operated incorrectly to the point where it needs to be reformed, right? Right. right. Uh, that, that there is institutional rot within that organization that needs to be dealt with. But to say that the concept of an immigration uh, uh, enforcement agency is wrong by, uh, on its face, I think is a little a
1: little weird to me yeah yeah i agree i mean i don't know it's hard to say that it's hard for i don't know anyone i shouldn't say this because i'm sure there's somebody who can do it but i don't know anybody also,
0: do the show on the show instead of in the chat i know i
1: know i'm just talking to other people there's some confusion about when there's somebody in there going i, can't, I don't know if it was genie or somebody was like well the polynesians were really into polygamy so that's why they like Mormons. It's not. It's not the timeline I'm talking about. The big, the big push for immigration was like 70s and 80s. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Point is, and that's that's been outlawed in the state and the church since the 1800s. So, anyway, just dispelling. Right, some, right, dispelling. right. about
0: the time that we were banning Chinese people.
1: Dispe- like, dis- right, dispelling. Dispelling. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. This meeting has two action
1: items. Number one, are we going to ban the Chinese people, and are we going to give up all of our wives? Exactly. It's. A, I'm just trying to dispel some misinformation. Anyway, the point is. Uh, uh it was just, it was just, I was just—I was—I had an answer to what you were saying. What was I going to say? I was going to say that I don't remember what. Oh, 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 oh! I don't know anybody who can justify this whole kids in cages thing. Like I've yet to hear an argument where I went, "Oh, you make a good point." So we are at a weird pinnacle point of focus. And uh, while I, can agree, I, can I actually ask you to explain that for
0: for for people that that you know uh, might not be following it. Sure. Like, like what 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 is happening there?
7: Happening at the ed-
1: border. What what had had been happening at the border. I don't know where where it's at now because all you hear about is families that still still aren't reunited. But families coming through the border to the south, not just Mexican families, families from all around South America, uh, were having the uh, in families were being separated, parents away from children. Children were being being kept in separate detention centers. Parents so, were being you know,
0: people trying to immigrate. Without a visa.
1: Correct. Oh yeah. 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 People, people immigrating, uh, immigrating Illegal. potentially illegally. Sure. Yes. Um, although there are one or two cases of weird stuff with paperwork and I don't know, whatever, sure. there's yeah. always outliers. We don't have to get into those, but the general yeah. thing was separation parents over there, kids over here. Uh, then other abuses, uh, some documented, some not about drugging the kids without consent of anyone to keep them calmer and stop them crying and, and uh, not giving them proper health care attention and that sort of thing. A child died in one of those detention centers from uh, some sort of flu complications. They caught from another kid. Anyway, the point is this idea that they're coming in and they separate them and put them in these places. This isn't necessarily 100% new. During the Obama administration, there were people held in detention, but they weren't separated. Families weren't separated. They were still held in detention. Also an ugly thing, in my opinion. A little ugly, uglier, uglier, more ugly to separate them. But again, like we try to make the point here, things have been weird in the history as well. It's not like it's just happening now. But it is making things kind of a fever pitch at the moment. Um, where I'm going with well, that, look, I don't I mean,
0: know. Yeah, the, 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 the number one campaign issue for the person who won the presidency of the United States was immigration. Uh, and, and the idea that we needed to be tougher on illegal immigration and we needed to secure our borders to do so right uh so you know these are families that are coming here attempting to cross illegally I, the one thing i will say for that is like all this it is a complicated problem what do you do with people that are trying to enter your country right right like what what do you, do you like put them in an acme slingshot and just like <laughs> shoot them shoot them back like you know how much do you do you want to make it you know bad do you want to you know make it a, a an unpleasant experience to to do so like i i think that there is a a question there that i don't know if it has a clean answer right you know you pat him on the butt turn them around and say ha ha nice try
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know like it's it does i can see why because it's complicated sometimes the easy solution does seem to be we'll just turn them away they're breaking the law get them out of here sure but then again, we're people, and I don't know. There's stuff but like, to do. how
0: far? We just, like, you know, like, push them? <laughs> say, like, no, 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 you go. Not over this line. This is our, our Red Rover uh, line is unbroken.
1: Right. And here's my stick. You just poke him with a stick. This is my stick. I'm poking you with my stick. Go back that direction. A lot
0: of people, specifically the families, they've come a long way. A lot of them come from countries, uh, you know, that are from Central America and South America uh, sometimes that, yeah. that
1: are making their way of... Uh, uh, You know, so it's like some spent every penny they had. Some people almost died on those trips. Some people will die if you send them back the other way. Like there is a there's that's the point. It's so complicated. It's not easy. It isn't just some we don't we're not all living in some clean room where they went from one room to the other and said, can we come in here? And we said, no, it's a complicated mess. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this?
7: Hey, Scott, it's uh, Adam from Lincoln, Nebraska. Hello, Adam. What's up? I just wanted to uh, give a little information for you and kind of help with your point about the the kids being separated. Um, A lot of the things that have been used was this um, 2016 law um, Flores versus Lynch uh, in California. Um, So they're using that to um, show the laws for their justification for why they're doing that. The interesting thing is is that the case that originated this actually goes all the way back to 1984. So all of a sudden, and this is a minor political thing. I'm actually not for Trump whatsoever, but it's interesting how all of a sudden that now that he's in office, people are bringing this up, even though the original case for this goes all the way back to 1986. And then it was finally put into law in uh, 97.
2: Mm.
7: So we've spent 20 years trying to, uh, Figure out exactly what's going on with uh, this case and the precedent that it set. But all of a sudden now, now we're bringing it up uh, as a huge issue, even though this whole situation's gone on for a long time.
1: So what? So how about this, Justin? Maybe all of this in the end, and I'm just trying to be optimistic here. Sure. Because we're having, we're being forced to look at it, and we're not being forced, but we're 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 all eyes are on it. We're paying attention to it. It's got more. More discussion than ever. Um, Maybe this is less about Trump's shitty policies or whatever he thinks he's doing or whether he's a racist or all that. Put that aside. Maybe this is the first time in a long time we are actually looking at it. You know what I mean? Like in daylight.
0: uh, And so Stoic Squirrel, who is is somebody who uh, uh, is not a Trump fan at all, I think makes a very, very, uh, a point for which both sides can agree upon. People brought up the that decision that was brought up by the caller because Jeff Sessions started strict enforcement of it a few months ago. Right. Not just because Trump happens to be in office. Right. But this has been Trump's M.O. for a lot of this is like, how about we actually enforce our laws instead of having laws that we're now going to pick and choose how we're going to enforce them? If we don't like them, we should change them.
1: Well, he's not saying that, I sh- mind you.
0: No, but- no, no, no. He said that in the past. He said that about weed. I mean, this is this is a a an mo for him, and and when he's not threatening to fire Jeff Sessions, Jeff Sessions as well by proxy to him. <laughs> that that these are we should not have these laws yeah. unless we are going to enforce them. If if right. they don't, and he has said this specifically about uh, uh uh you know that immigration thing, is that if we don't like it congress should change it that like he's not for it but congress needs to change it and now that's politically a a very unpopular move because you're the one who yesterday that didn't happen today it's happening and now you're blaming somebody else yeah but that is his philosophy right the philosophy is if we don't like it change it but the job of the government is to enforce it
1: yeah and i don't I don't entirely disagree with him. I don't believe him that he actually believes in that sentiment because it only is on stuff that serves him or serves his ideals. Uh, if it was something, oh, oh,
0: and by the way, and by the way, he then backtracked on that and signed an executive order about
1: it. Oh like, yeah, you know, that's after, true.
0: After, after it wound up getting too hot and uh, you know, you yeah, know, good it was, point. It it's, it's a harder,
1: I'm old, I'm old enough to remember this, but that part had slipped my mind. Um, Yeah. Like, sure they do it when it serves them it's like a preacher in the old testament they don't go near that thing until they find something that helps their argument trump does that a lot all of that aside though the principle of enforcing laws you make makes sense to me and if they don't work reassessing them changing those laws and learning and moving on and progressing that makes sense to me i don't think he's arguing for that at all
0: well, here's, here's the other thing. J.C. Calhoun says, it, uh, this brings me into my issue. Yes, we have illegal immigration, but are they a problem? Do they really commit more crime than anyone else or is it just racism? From what I've seen, there are stats that show that they are both uh, less and more likely to commit crime. I don't necessarily want to even go into the crime thing because I don't know if that's, I mean, obviously those are always the most uh, incendiary uh, uh, examples to point to is like, you know, somebody's dead because of an illegal immigrant or something like that. Yeah. But I do think that part of this is Because of this becomes an issue when being a citizen brings privileges, right? Yeah, Privileges to vote, privileges for social programs, privileges for education, stuff like that, right? If I was, you know, as a citizen of Florida, which is then a state in the United States, there are things provided to me that I would not have if I were not from there, right? Or if I were there illegally. Sure. Uh, So the question then becomes... Would Im- would illegal immigration matter in a society where there were not a lot of privileges to citizenship, where where this you know American citizenship uh, citizenship being you know the ultimate version of Amazon Prime, <laughs> where <laughs> Amazon Prime determines how much I pay each year uh, uh, to get X Y Z benefits, like this is the the this is the 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 question that like it is directly proportional to how much citizenship can benefit you how much we care about somebody who is either taking advantage of these things without paying into the system.
1: Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that philosophical question about why we care so much. I mean, if the origins of it are, we don't like your kind round here. <laughs> that's one thing. And look, I mean,
0: I guess my, my, my point is, is that I'm again, All the racist teddy bears can have their picnic around the immigration thing, and they can talk (laughs) about the pure white race, blah blah blah. But there is a non-racist idea about hey, we should make sure that we have a sensible immigration program. Yeah, you know, like like there, there is, I think, an argument for that, despite the understanding that yes, our immigration policy up till very very recently, and some might even say it still is motivated by racial animus
1: yeah I, I agree i totally agree i, I and think
0: by the way uh against countries uh i won't say which but it's certainly one of those countries that we mentioned about the 1982 quota laws we're the country that
1: my family immigrated from <laughs> right i mean yeah I think it's just – it's it's so easy – and we, by the way, this is true of a lot of the topics we cover here. It's so easy to want to drift into – well, for me – I don't want to speak for Justin. It's easy for me to want to drift into a place where I'm seeing it through the lens of our great orange overseer, okay? It's like I – it's hard for me to think of immigration right now without it being in the context of what, what is Trump doing or not doing or what are people he has is, he is hired and or appointed doing or not doing – It's hard for me to think of it outside of that context. It's why I like this show. It's why I hope you guys like it because we can look in, we can look at it outside of that a little bit. And it is a bigger issue than that. It's been here for a long time. It's an issue that is clearly a big one for a lot of people. I've got family coming in town tonight uh, to celebrate uh, my mother's 80th birthday all week. We're doing a bunch of stuff. They're coming here from Arizona and guess what? They are hardcore anti-immigration in Arizona. These particular people, mm-hmm. gosh, I wonder why. It's almost like they live in a state where a the rhetoric has cranked up to ten, and b it's a border state where actual crossings occur, and they in their actual lives they deal with whatever those repercussions are. Yeah. So complicated. And, and also, and also, look, like their social programs bear the
0: weight of it. Right. Right. Their tax. I mean, you know, their their tax dollars bear the weight of it. Uh, uh their local law enforcement bears the weight of it in a way that it doesn't necessarily, uh, it's not affected in many other places. Right. So it's like there, there are all politics is local. All issues are local. Uh, you know, the, the, as Mel Brooks so eloquently put the difference between comedy and, and tragedy is tragedy is I have a hangnail and comedy is you fall through a manhole and die. <laughs> like, so everything that happens to us is, is going to be more important and the people around us. So, there's a reason i think that like this is a larger kind of conversation to have but i do think politically right now we are very hair triggery oh, on
1: yeah. the like you're a racist thing oh, yeah. real close and, it doesn't even I, I, the, I the things i the arguments i had yesterday with uh some kind of right leaning folks about a particular issue were nothing like the fight i had with some left leaners who Basically just would rather see those right leaners dead, which concerns me. Uh, So yes, it's very hair trigger and it's all around and it's not party based. And by the way, I would even lean to the side
0: that yes, we are more racist than we think, but like that can't be the end of the conversation. Like you still got to talk to racists. You still got to, you still got to understand that maybe you're a little racist inside. Like there's, there's a lot of this that we have to deal with. But whenever it's a conversation ender or wherever it's like a way to just short circuit a, a larger, very complicated political issue, I think that we are not
1: doing a service to it. I agree. And that's why we, uh, we exist, you guys. So if you like what we're doing, so support us. Patreon.com slash unfriend me. It's going to do it for today's show. Unfriend show at gmail.com is the email address you're going to want to use to give your feedback about this topic. I'm sure it's going to be a hot one for many. So please, please send that in. Uh, Justin, anything else before we end today's program? What's our topic next week, by the way? Oh, hail Zenu! It is Scientology. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I've been having a lot of Scientology uh, conversations recently, uh, not connected to knowing that next week was going to be this. So this is going to be great. This will be real good. Uh, yeah.
0: No, get ready, uh, folks. We are walking the bridge to total freedom next week on the show. Scientology. And specifically where it, should, uh, where it should fall morally for you. Uh, we're going to go through the history of the organization, uh, where it came from, uh, what it is now. The fact that uh, the most famous practitioner of it has the number one movie in the country for the last three weeks. Uh, uh, and all, all those elements uh, right here on the show next week. In the meantime, though, uh, my game. The content, or sorry, uh, Action News. <laughs> Jesus, I've been demoing that all weekend. <laughs> uh, Action News, the game of television news, is available now. Ooh. Many of you on Kickstarter have already gotten your tracking numbers. It is being shipped to you this week. Uh, meanwhile, if you want to get it, head on over, actionnewsgame.com.
2: Uh,
0: I'm going to let you know on this one, probably not going to be a reprint. Mm. So go get them. Right now. Get
1: them while they're hot, you guys. Justin's yep. been working his arse off, and uh, you can be the beneficiary of all that hard work. Grab yourself a set and have yourself some fun. Mm. Uh, what else? That's going to do it. Hey, uh, if you want to find the website and all of the old episodes and all the stuff you need to find this show wherever you want it, including YouTube or whatever, you can do that over at frogpants.com slash unfriend me. And like we said, we'll be back next week with a big, long look, a big, hard look. ...at our next topic, which you just told me in my brain. Oh, Scientology. At Scientology. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Scott. I know. I'm getting old. Uh, This week's going to be weird for me. i got so much family in town, so there'll probably be some stories I can apply to next week's topic. I'm actually very excited about it. So that'll be uh, next week right here at frogpants.tv. If you want to watch it live, you're listening on the podcast going, Man, I'd really like to call in. Then uh, i got good news for you. You can do that so super easy. It's ridiculous. Just go to frogpants.tv at 1 p.m. Mountain Time every Tuesday and you'll catch us here. Uh, There's a calendar there in case there's changes. You can always check that and stay up to date with what's going on. Think that's going to do it for us? Find Justin (laughs) on Twitter at Young. I'm at Scott Johnson. It's going to do it for us, for us, for you, for Justin, and for all of you immigrants, legal or otherwise. (laughs) We'll see you next time.
0: Bye, and friends.